Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. everybody and welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Amala Epinobi, and today we're kind of just doing a recap of everything I've seen whilst living in clown world with you guys this week. We have a ton of super strange stories. Lieutenant Colonels of the U.S. Uh, Space Force telling you that you need to have your pronouns in your email. We've got women who are leaving pool competitions because they're being asked to compete against men. A transgender person who thinks their dog is apparently also transgender, somebody putting litter boxes in the bathrooms at their concert for people who identify as different species, an actual U.S. senator who is maybe advocating that uh, pedophiles, I guess, a.k.a. minor attracted persons in today's time, be able to get childlike figures for you know what. Uh, And of course, we're in our immigration, illegal immigration hellscape that is the United States. So we'll get an update on that before we get into all those different stories. We do have Taylor in Nashville. Oh, hey. Yeah, we uh, asked you guys, as was customary, Uh, where you're watching from today. And I'm seeing a lot of South Africa, New Zealand, Bangladesh, Georgia. And my favorite answer was planet Earth, because (laughs) I do not feel like we are on planet Earth with these crazy clown world stories today. But we're going to get into them anyway. (laughs) Yes, we are going to subject you guys to everything that we are seeing uh, today. Now, you're going to see a little clip of, I guess, a lecture, aka conference here. Now, this is a transgender uh, Space Force Lieutenant Colonel who is demanding respect and calling for pride and pronouns in email, not just pronouns in bio. We need pronouns in email in order to show our inclusivity. Let's catch a look at this video. All too often, I hear leaders talk about providing everyone with dignity and respect like it's an aspirational goal. That's not good enough. Dignity and respect is the bare minimum. It's the floor of where we can be. We must set our sights higher and focus on intentional inclusivity because there are still far too many people out there, not just LGBTQ individuals, that feel marginalized, shut out, or discriminated against. So for all of you out there, I ask you to set out your symbols of pride, share your pronouns in your email, particularly if you're a person who doesn't think they need to, Initiate difficult conversations about racial and gender barriers and share a bit of your vulnerability 
in a way that draws others in. You all have the power to take intentionally inclusive actions to ensure the multiple perspectives that we know make us stronger as we devise winning warfighting strategies get heard. Okay. Does that sound like some war fighting strategies to you? <laughs> Pronouns and email, please. And inclusivity and diversity at the peak of everything and our number one priority. No, it doesn't. You know, if we're looking at the U.S. military in today's day and age, I don't know that they're really instilling confidence in me personally. We have this U.S. Space Force, I guess, uh, lieutenant colonel talking about pronouns in the email and doing it even if you feel a especially if you feel as though you are a person who does not need to do that. You had General Milley, what, a couple years back, say that he's doing inventory on his, you know, white guilt and white hatred and the things that he feels and that the military should do the same. You've seen the different ads from, I, I believe, our Army, our Air Force, that are talking about gender and sexuality and, you know, having female recruits rather than talking about, you know, what it actually means to be serving in the U.S. military, the commitment that is showing strength as a nation. And I can't imagine that other nations are watching this and, and quaking in, in their boots at, at the U.S. Space Force. Because if I'm another country watching a video like this, you know, trying to keep up with our allies or our enemies, I'd be like, you know what? I don't think we need to worry about the U.S. of A. I think uh, they have their own problems to deal with right now, and they're probably not going to be a, a formidable foe if this is what they are showing us. Now, mind you, I don't think this is a complete reflection of the U.S. military, and that this is just going to be something that I think we're going to experience for a few more years now, maybe decades, hopefully, hopefully not yeah, decades, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get over it. But the military is seeing really low numbers in uh, recruiting, and uh, I, I'd have to ask myself why. I think there's a multitude of reasons. I don't think our military is uh, all that America first anymore, and maybe that's part of it too, and people do not want to enter a space where they're going to be uh, possibly shipped out to go fight a war in another country that does not really involve them. But it also could be that uh, we have this as an example of a lieutenant colonel who's telling you that the major thing that we need to uh, focus on right now is inclusivity and pronouns in the email. That could be part of it, I think. It, it, it's getting harder to find the humor in all this like once upon a time you'd see something so ridiculous mm -hmm. and it was just this laughing matter that was mockable because it's just so absurd but increasingly it feels like this is actually the reality that we're living in and that you know we talk about institutional capture like i think it's serious enough when we get this ideology in shows in films in kids content and mm -hmm. stuff we talk about that in hollywood but this goes even beyond that uh it's not in some corner of academia and like some super woke professor anymore or even just in the academic institutions like harvard we saw with with claudine gay and their dei scandal recently uh this stuff this ideology is literally in the upper echelon of our military i don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we've seen the recruiting ads like you said and and general milley like this is not just a one-time occurrence uh and this ideology is literally 
become front and center. It's like I can't laugh at it anymore because you're talking about the people who are pulling the levers of our national security and responsible for it. And by definition, if you're prioritizing inclusivity or DEI or whatever it may be, then other things are being deprioritized, such as being competent and yeah. being safe and having the best military strategy possible. And you bringing, we need people that are in touch with military strategy who have experience and education in that domain that's who should be responsible for uh, our military and running the show there and their gender or their sexuality or their race has no bearing on their competence in those domains so the more the military is focusing on this stuff the less safe we are as americans and the less competent they are in doing their job so it's it's very alarming even though there's obviously something very comedic about it as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a fan of uh, war. I'm not a fan of the military industrial complex. You're not going to find much support for that over uh, in this corner. However, I do understand that these things are reality and they have been the reality for, you know, most of our human existence. And if a time were to come that we would need to engage aggressively, I think showing strength within your military is pretty pivotal (laughs) when it comes to that a show of strength and what is inherent to this uber leftist dogmatic inclusivity culture is weakness if you as a lieutenant colonel uh, in the u.s space force cannot handle the fact that somebody does not have pronouns at the bottom of their email I have a feeling that you are much in a much weaker position and you probably shouldn't be taking on a position of power like this in an institution that is meant to symbolize strength and symbolize strength on behalf of an entire nation. So I'm thinking that maybe you are not mentally fortified enough to be doing what it is that you're doing and maybe we should find somebody else because let's say we were to uh, have to engage uh, aggressively with any any person or entity or nation, the person who's complaining about the pronouns in the email is probably not the one that I want at the head of whatever is going to be happening. So this does not uh, instill faith or trust uh, in me when it comes to our military. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But that's not the only thing happening on the gender front. Of course, we're constantly revisiting all the different stories surrounding sports and, you know, female sports being threatened. And we have one yet again. And a lot of people I've seen on the internet don't quite understand why this might be an issue, but we'll get to that in just a moment. This is out of uh, the European Pool Championships, where player Kim O'Brien has decided to forfeit the competition. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. <laughs> So 
the, the story behind this is uh, Riley Gaines actually uh, has posted this and boosted this out to people. It's absolutely incredible. At the European Pool Championships, female player Kim O'Brien forfeited the women's final where she was set to play male player Harriet Haynes. And Riley Gaines is happily paying her prize money that she lost out on and says, stop playing their game more of this. And this is not the only female player who's decided to do this. There are three others that joined in tandem and said, you know what, we are not going to be competing against male players. Now, a lot of people are asking, well, why is there really any divide between male and female in pool? You would think that they would have, uh, you know, completely similar uh, strengths uh, and or weaknesses in a pool game and that you would be able to match men and women together. But no, these competitions are typically divided. Uh, Men have better spatial awareness. They have better visual acuity. Uh, I believe they even use different pool sticks when it comes to uh, competing uh, in in these uh, competitions. So there's a lot of gender differences. And what's really interesting about this story and what it highlights is that gender differences really span across an entire spectrum of activities, of sports, um, in, in intellect sometimes. And and we can notice this even in the minutia of playing a pool game, uh, male versus female. And the fact that people don't understand this really shows that we have a lot of work to do in emphasizing and acknowledging the fact that there are substantial differences between men and women. And this is why we have divides between men and women. It is largely to protect women, to allow them to have their own space, to allow them to compete and to you know, win accolades. And when you allow a biological man to enter that space, you wipe out the protective nature of the very thing that was created specifically for women, even when it comes to something as simple as playing a pool game. So shout out to the female uh, pool players who are saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I know that the odds are against me. This is totally unfair. I've worked really hard to be where I am today. And shout out to Riley Gaines for saying, you know what? I was able to build something for myself in doing the same, in speaking out against NCAA swimmer Leah Thomas at the time. And now I'm going to pay it forward to somebody else who's taking up the torch and doing that. And hopefully this is just going to trickle down into a much larger movement of female athletes going, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to function at a disadvantage in a space that was meant for me to succeed so long as I can prove myself. But there's no proving yourself when you are competing against biological men. You know, time and time again, we've seen this proven in how many sports now? We've seen it in pool. We've seen it in swimming, surfing, skateboarding, volleyball, boxing, MMA, The laundry list goes on and on and on and on for how many times we've seen this proven that biological men have uh, an advantage and a distinct one against women. I don't know how much more you need. I mean, pool should have really told you because you would think that'd be the simplest thing to be pretty even on between male and female, and it is not. So here we are. And shout out to the women who continue to fight the good fight and say, you know what, I'm going to abstain from competing and... Again, shout out to Riley for supporting them in doing so. Yeah, and I guess the only thing I'll add is one, first of all, yeah, absolutely. Shout out and shout out to Riley Gaines. I believe Seth Dillon offered to match uh, the prize money as mm-hmm. well. He's the, the CEO of Babylon B, so that's really great of him. But even if there weren't a distinct biological advantage on the part of, of males over females in this, I think it, it would still be worthwhile 
for these women to take a stand. And it has been worthwhile. I think we've seen that uh, just on principle, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're basically being forced to tacitly uh, agree to a lie that this is a female specific competition. Males are being allowed in under the pretense of them identifying as a different gender. And that is inherently just not something that corresponds to reality. It's not true. And and women who are competing should not be forced to indulge that on principle alone, let alone when you add the biological advantages that men tend to have in sports. Uh, obviously, because that adds another layer of absurdity. But just the principle of the matter as well is also at stake. And even if there weren't an advantage, I think it would behoove the, the, them to take the stand as well. Yeah. And I mean... It- these these spaces very much exist for a reason and when you allow stuff like this it does cascade into other arenas i know many of you watched our episode yesterday which essentially was about a biological man committing multiple crimes one where he tortured a cat uh, while live streaming it and ended up taking that animal's life by putting it in a blender that person then went on to kill another grown man taking his life and was put in prison, of course, but the news and media was running around saying that this is a a woman who has done this because the biological man identified as a woman and went by the name Scarlet. There, the slippery slope very much exists and we are sliding down it at a pace unlike any other if you are seeing stories like this. So it's it's wrong in itself to just sort of like dignify the idea that right. a biological man can even identify as a woman and allow them to compete in this way. And if you're thinking, well, it's just a pool game, how wrong could it be to give somebody uh, that, I guess, show of respect of taking them on their own self-identification? It's never just a pool game. It's never just a swimming competition. It's, you know, letting people into locker rooms. It's opening up, you know, new opportunities for assault. It is allowing crimes committed by men to now be booked as uh, those committed by women. There is very much something that we are sliding down that if we don't stop and say, Mm, you know what? Maybe no. Maybe I'm not going to compete. Maybe I'm not going to allow this to happen. Maybe I am going to tell the truth. We will keep sliding. And to to its logical conclusion, it's going to be super, super clown world, super, super upside down and way worse than the thought of, of losing a pool game to a biological man. Now, in much of the gender debate back and forth, a lot of people have used the point, you know what, we don't see transgenderism in any other species. We're just seeing this uh, in humans. More, You're not really seeing people, uh, <laughs> you're not really seeing other species decide that they are in fact a, a woman when they were born a man or they're in fact male when they were born female. Apparently now we may have evidence of this because this transgender person also has... I guess, a trans dog. Let's watch. What most people don't know, though, is that my dog, much like myself, was assigned male at birth. However, we are both girls. Here's your friendly reminder that gender is a human-made construct that is not based in reality. When it comes to animals, dogs don't care about gender, but humans do. Hera, for example, has never once lifted her leg to pee. 
She is not territorial. However, she has humped one dog that has humped her and she has humped her own toy once. And to Hera, it makes no difference if I put her in a dress, if I put her in bows, or if I put her in a cute little matching hoodie. Hera is happy so long as she gets exercise, she gets fed, she gets cuddles, she gets loves and pets. Hera, kiss. Good girl. What makes Okay. Oh, oh there's more. Sorry. No sense there's more. to me is how people care more about respecting the gender of my dog than they do myself and other transgender individuals. So this is your reminder to treat people like you would treat a dog. Ask people for their name and pronouns and share your own. And never assume someone's gender identity because someone's appearance and someone's body does not always equate to their gender identity. Okay. This was not the serve that I believe this person thought it was. Uh, he slash she did, in fact, not eat us up on this one. <laughs> There's actually a lot to be said here. So the, I guess, markers for why this dog also happens to be trans is that the dog is not territorial and the dog does not lift the leg to go to the restroom, which are apparently male traits in dogs. That's what this person is, is deeming. And because the dog does not do that, the dog is somehow female. What a coincidence that a transgender person who transitioned from male to female also has a dog that identifies as female <laughs> when they were in fact born male. I also want to say, you know, a reason that maybe people just go give your dog, you know, whatever pronouns you uh, tell them to give your dog and refer to your dog in that way is because people are not going to be bending over to check the junk of your dog, nor do they care uh, what pronouns they refer to your dog as. And this just further emphasizes the very simplistic view that many trans people have towards their identity of being a woman, and I'm talking about trans women in particular. They think because they take on a handful of female characteristics or what have been deemed to be female characteristics in their daily life, that that somehow makes them female in a, a deeper sense than any of us are willing to grant. Just because you like to have long hair or wear your little pink and blue hoodie, or you like skirts and dresses, or high heels, or glitter, that does not make you a woman. And the fact that they've now projected this identity onto their dog because their dog lifts their leg and isn't isn't territorial shows how superficial their view of womanhood actually is. And it just gives further evidence to the fact that the, the reference that you have and the support you have for your own female, female identity is so weak that you extend it to a dog that takes on a couple of feminine traits, or at least what you've deemed to be feminine traits in a dog. Are you insulted yet, ladies? Are you insulted yet? Because this person has an extremely base level, simplistic view of what it means to be a woman and is now like cosplaying us in daily life and having their dog do it too. I would say poor dog, but they're right. Dogs do not give a shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the dog is fine. It's just a really strange argument to make on behalf of your own gender identity. Yeah, <laughs> as long as he doesn't start uh, pumping the dog full of hormones or try to do some kind of surgery. I mean, I wouldn't put it past us, right? It's, it's so crazy because you watch this and you're like, is this person serious? Like, right. are they actually serious right now? 
And on the one hand, I think there's like a little bit of tongue in cheek, like, you know, doing this on purpose to get attention and whatnot. But I think also when it comes down to their actual worldview and how they see the world, uh, they believe this. They actually are. This is the reality that occupies their mind. And uh, this, like you talked about before, uh, the need not to lie. And when we, you know, there's something called Chesterton's fence in philosophy, right? It's like someone comes up on a fence and they're reformation minded, they're uh, open minded, and they assume that just because I don't see a good reason why this fence is there, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and remove that. And the principle of it is you should not remove barriers uh, that you do not thoroughly understand why they're there. And it seems like what we've done in society today is just go full send removing Mm -hmm. the barriers of biology that once dictated our understanding of what comprises uh, sex, what comprises gender. And in so doing, we have created this slippery slope. They call it a slippery slope fallacy. I don't see a fallacy anymore. It's literally a slippery slope. We have people saying their dogs are trans now. And as much as that sounds maybe like I'm clutching my pearls as a conservative, you know, whatever right wing reaction to it, it's like you're you're playing games with reality. And like I said before, this is a a silly example of a person with their dog. But this this same ideology is what's leading to our military prioritizing pronouns over actual national security. And we see it in domain after domain. And we're getting further and further away from reality and more chaos and more disorder and more confusion is coming in its wake. A hundred percent. And this is meant to be some sort of gotcha moment. And it is in fact the exact opposite. I cannot stress that enough. This is not a gotcha moment that you've regendered your dog or something and you're now trying to push that onto people and you, you deem them to be you know, willingly accepting it because they're not willing to check you on the gender of your dog because honestly nobody cares what the gender of your dog is so that's why people aren't checking you it doesn't further reinforce your own identity and it certainly does not reinforce the idea that you are a woman for you don't even understand what it means to be a woman and i say this as somebody like okay a lot of the stuff that i think about in in uh, today's day and a lot of the topics that we talk about is how do i understand the male perspective on this as a woman how do i put myself closest to like the brain of a man and try to interpret some of the stories that I'm reading or some of the takes that we hear on men and dating and relationships and masculinity and understand it as closely as I possibly can to a man. I can't get anywhere near understanding the way a man understands things because I'm not a man. So I can try and do my best to sort of interpret it through the lens of masculinity, but that is all that I am doing. And it is a a weak interpretation in comparison to what we could aggregate from actual men with actual masculinity. And the, the lack of humility in not being able to admit that is just crazy. The audacity, the gall to sit there in a male body and say that you fully understand womanhood and that you deserve to take on the the name of, of a woman or the identity of a woman is just absurd. And it really is, is so mon- misogynistic in, in so many different ways, because not only are you like stealing this superficial version of womanhood and trying to like characterize yourself as it, but you think you know more than actual women to tell us that you are one of us. 
So it's really, really sexist at the end of the day. And I'm not one to often throw around the term misogynistic or sexist, as that's typically not the way I view things. But this is a clear and distinct example of exactly that. And honestly, they need, need to be humbled a little bit because you don't understand what it is to be a woman and you never will. And that's okay. It's okay. Just as I will never understand being a man and I could never understand that fully because of who I am. Really as simple as that. This is where you say it's the, the confidence for me, right? Because it's, you're starting from being out of touch with reality, mm -hmm. a lack of humility, as you're saying, and you're layering on top of that, this very like confident projection of your understanding of what it is to be a woman. Oh yes, of course, I fully understand that. And of course I fully understand uh, that my view of gender and sexuality and all this stuff is the correct one and you're running with that when mm -hmm. the reality is like you said before i can echo that from the male side is i do not understand uh the, the female experience i do not understand the the mind of a woman and i've been married a couple of years and i'm learning a little bit more but i remember i recall that uh tucker carlson video we reacted to a while ago where he was talking about his his wife and daughters and mm -hmm. how it's just eminently fascinating for him as a male in an on an ongoing basis to experience and witness the just different nature that his uh, wife and daughters have. And yep. that is the, you know, joie de vie. That's part of what brings that relationship to life and, and makes it so unique and, and fulfilling for him. But that starts with acknowledging that I don't have this all figured out. I don't fully understand the opposite sex. And uh, it just admitting that I, I can't be that, I can't fully understand that, that puts you one, in a posture of humility and in a position to learn. And two, it gives you a more discerning, wise heart uh, so that as you're going about the world, you have a worldview and a view of yourself and a view of women that corresponds to reality. And that inherently makes you wiser It inherently better equips you for life. And so the opposite's also true. If you assume you fully understand what it is to be a woman and you run out there in the world with that mentality, you know, Full, full send or whatever, uh, you're going to get further from reality and you're going to have more chaos and confusion in your own life and you're going to introduce more chaos and confusion into the world uh, through your misguided views. Yeah, and we are here sitting in the chaos. There's no doubt about that. We are experiencing a, <laughs> a ton of chaos when it comes to these ideas. Now, if you thought to yourself, well, a trans dog. That's something new. What if we flip that on its head and we now have human beings identifying as animals? This is, of course, a very real thing. We've covered it on this show before. They are called Therians, um, and these are people who believe that deep down they are a, a different species. They're another animal. We've seen uh, a woman that believes she's like a bearded vulture or something like that. Uh, we've seen wolf therians. We've seen fox therians. We've seen feline therians. There's a ton of different ones here. Now, this young artist who apparently is traveling around doing concerts and is on tour is going to be offering litter boxes in the bathrooms uh, at... <laughs> at her concerts and again this might be a little tongue-in-cheek but let's let's look at it let's just watch and uh and see you guys spoke and i listened i'm making all the bathrooms at my concerts not only gender neutral but species neutral i will be providing litter boxes in the bathrooms for all animal identifying concert goers on my tour now that's inclusivity in action 
The t-shirt says, I used the litter box in the gender-neutral bathroom at the Dorian Electric concert in, in of course, Seattle. <laughs> you, got, you have to wonder, like, what city is this going to be taking place in? And, of course, it is in Seattle. So you can go to this concert, you know, use the, the litter box bathroom, and then you can get a t-shirt that says, I used the, the litter box bathroom. Now, again, how serious is it that people are actually requesting to have species uh, inclusivity at these concerts? I don't know, but I certainly know that these Therians exist. I saw a video on TikTok the other day of this girl talking about the fact that she identified as a bearded vulture, and she was asking other people like how they take care of themselves as vultures and specifically looking out for other bird species Therians to like build a community online. And there are real people who, who actually think that this is the case. Now, I'm, I don't like, want to mock people or make fun of people, but come on, how much further can we go on this? I thought neo-pronouns was taking it a bit far. You know, for those of you who don't know, neo-pronouns are outside of the like he, him, she, her, they, them. And you can sort of pick your own word like frog, frog self, lemongrass, lemongrass self, zemzur, all these different ones. I thought that was a bit much. But now we have legit people who are identifying with different species and saying that they are Therians. And then I guess using the litter box at, <laughs> at concerts. <sighs> I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm moving into the woods, living on. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we're talking about, right? With the slippery slope. Like we removed the barrier that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. So it follows that uh, a human is a human. If we challenge that notion, right? Then we introduce this exact thing from happening. And again, there's like a humorous element to it because to a rational person, this is completely absurd and, and utter insanity. And yet, here we are, man. This is increasingly the reality that we're living in. And I just don't see a limiting principle that this ideology has become sort of the mainstream dominant way of thinking uh, in modern culture. And, it, you know, we're, we're looking at the, the bleeding edge, the extreme examples, but I don't see any of this slowing down and let alone being turned around and getting us back closer to reality. I just see more and more of this and that is what is most concerning is i just there's there seems to be no end in sight and things that our parents or grandparents or even myself 10 years ago would have never been able to conceive of we're just seeing more of it every day and even more scary is it is getting into our laws it's getting into our military it's getting into the academy it's getting into our hollywood stories etc and i just don't, I don't want to be black pill here, but I just don't see an end in sight. Dude, if I walk into a bathroom and there's a litter box stall, I'm leaving. I'm leaving whatever establishment I'm at and I'm going to go home and I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to move somewhere. <laughs> just, I'm going to Henry David Thoreau, go find Walden Pond in the middle of the woods and I'm done. I'm not paying taxes to whatever system is allowing this to happen. I'm not supporting the government of whatever you know place is allowing this to happen. If I go into a bathroom with a litter box, it's lights 
out, y'all. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's literally lights out because I'm going to try to go off the grid and I'm not going to be capable of doing it because you can't really do that anymore. It's going to actually be lights out on, on Amal Epinobi. I can't. <laughs> I cannot deal with the reality of there being litter boxes in the bathroom. And I really, I think this is honestly, it's pretty legit. I had a friend uh, who had another friend whose kid was in school and the kid came home and said there's there's a couple kids at school who identify as cats and they just sit there and act super weird and meow and stuff in the middle of class and these are little kids who have somehow fell down the rabbit hole of thinking that they are cats now of course all kids go through their little phases of you know uh, playing with the imaginary and dressing up as Elsa and wanting to go to school but these were older kids we're talking like 12 13 and they're thinking that they're cats and and meowing in class of course Joe Rogan I think at one point spoke about a story of some school that decided to put litter boxes in their bathroom. And I don't know whether or not that was uh, officially confirmed or denied, but it was a story that was circulating. And, uh, you know, it's becoming a real thing. You guys can Google it. Like, look up Therian communities, and you're going to find actual people who believe in this stuff and are trying to lead their lives as best they can to adhere to the behaviors of their new species. (laughs) Ah, I can't yeah, I remember that Rogan story. And I remember right shortly after that, I think the specific details of it were debunked that it, it wasn't actually happening in this or a media report came out as such. And then all the like fact checkers on social media, I think this was in the former times when they still had fact checkers on on Twitter and didn't have the community notes. So they, of course, run with that and censor it and, and ban people for spreading that story. And yet, Here's an, another example of this, and I've seen tons of, of anecdotes and even people in my personal life that have seen stuff like this, but even bigger than that, like, does the, this, I think we're in that stage of it's not happening on mm-hmm. this particular story, or we were, and we know that what follows from that is, okay, it's happening and it's a good thing that it's happening and you're a bigot for thinking that it's bad that it's happening, or why do you care so much, et cetera, et cetera, because given the worldview that is held by the people who are so eager to fact check that story and the people who uh, are like, oh, you guys are just being overreaction, uh, having a big overreaction to this this idea. Their worldview accepts this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Their worldview dictates that if a child identifies as a cat, then that is something that we should, in order to be inclusive, we want to be accommodating to that. And ultimately, maybe maybe not every single one of these people are there yet, but there is no limiting principle. That's the point that we've removed the Chesterton's fence. We're on the slippery slope, whichever metaphor you want to use. And there's no limiting principle to this ideology. And it seems like an inevitability that it'll become something standard and you'll be considered a bigot, not uh, not to want to have uh, litter boxes in elementary school bathrooms, for example. Yeah, that was actually a perfect segue into our next topic. We're going to usher out of the realm of trans dogs and litter boxes in the bathroom into uh, the focus on not having a limiting principle. You guys will have probably heard the term minor attracted persons. Have you guys heard that? If you haven't heard it, it's just another, uh, I think, much more nice sounding phrase for pedophile. That is uh, what's happening these days. 
Now, I will grant that this is a very fringe group of people who are advocating for the change in terminology. There is a group of people, uh, a small group, albeit, saying that uh, maps, minor attracted persons, should be added as a, a sexual identity so that we can sort of destigmatize uh, the conversation surrounding being attracted to minors and uh, I guess their argument is allow these people to be more open so that they do not become uh, offenders to actual minors and actual children. Now, you're going to hear from a Democrat senator from Kentucky. Her name is Karen Berg, and she they're apparently having a conversation about uh, pedophiles, a.k.a. minor attracted persons now, and ways to mitigate the issue of them actually going on to offend minors. Now, in this clip, she's going to bring up the idea of child sex dolls. Uh, and let's let's watch. It's completely unfamiliar with child sex dolls. So I had, of course, to Google it last night. Um, it's a little scared to put it in my search engine, but I did. And um, apparently, there is research on the subject. Not much, not much. But uh, there are what they call MAPS, minor attracted persons. And the limited amount of research that's done on these dolls, guys, suggests that they actually, for people who are attracted to minors, that these dolls actually decrease their proclivity to go out and attack children, that it actually gives them a release that makes them less likely to go outside of their home. And, and what was interesting is the research did not support the same conclusions for people who were adult attracted using dolls. That did not diminish their proclivity to engage other people but for those which with the so i'm just a little concerned that and, and and like i say the research is not very good it is not comprehensive but the research that is out there is conclusive okay oh, a couple of things here i'm not going to be sensationalist and like go off on this as I see many people on the internet are doing in regard to this woman and saying that she's somehow nefarious for having this this discussion. I'm going to take her at her word in that her goal uh, is to hopefully drop the number of offenses on minor on minor individuals who experience uh, sexual assaults and hope that that's the goal. Now, do I feel as though this is at all a, a valid way to do that? I don't. I think if we're looking into the sort of pornified society that we are currently living in, it seems like the natural progression of these things is that people have some sort of interest. They're going online. They're looking into this interest. They elevate themselves into watching videos of this interest. And of course, uh, over time, that is not enough. You need more and more and more and more. And this would probably lead to the type of person who's going to order something like this on the internet. Now, where you get this on the internet, I 
think most certainly should be investigated. Uh, and then they'll get something like this, and soon that will not be enough, and then you will go on to uh, offend uh, a child uh, slash minor. Now, she says in the research that she looked into, this was not the case, uh, even though the research, she says herself, is not good research, nor is it comprehensive research. So why it would be brought up in this realm uh, in, in order to make some sort of argument uh, to support people being able to buy a product like this is actually astounding to me. She even goes on to say, that uh, while it looks like we get a decrease in, in offense uh, to those who are attracted to minors, the same is not to be said for those who are attracted to adults. Well, I could tell you one major reason that would be is that every time that an adult engages with a minor, that is illegal. Adults can go and engage with other adults. So an adult who's going to buy a doll that is of the likeness of another adult is probably going to go out and engage sexually with other adults. And if they're not having success with that, there's uh, people they can pay, there's stuff they can engage with online. Uh, the same is not to be said for somebody who is a minor attracted person, which I don't agree with this new terminology. And there's a reason it sounds a lot like softer and cushier than the term pedophile. And it's because we're seemingly attempting to destigmatize the conversation around it. Now, do I agree that somebody who is having pedophilic thoughts should be able to reach out to somebody and have a discussion about that and hopefully seek treatment before offending somebody in our society? Most definitely. Does that mean that they should be able to buy these sorts of dolls on the internet in order to engage with them? I'm unconvinced of that. How you would even go as far as to study this phenomenon, I don't know. I don't know how exactly you would go about studying it. Uh, clearly, she states that this, the study she looked into and the research that she found was not comprehensive, nor was it good, yet is somehow conclusive. Do you guys notice how those, those words do not work together? If it's not comprehensive, if it's not a good study, then... The results are not conclusive, and you should not speak to them as if they are conclusive. And mind you, look at the people around the room. All the men in this room, you're cutting to them, and they are just astounded at, at what they're hearing. They're covering their faces. They are clearly like flabbergasted at the fact that, that she is saying this. And I, I think this is a deeply misunderstood topic on her part in the way that she is speaking about it. And I hope that this is not uh, the conclusion we come to, that these people should be able to buy products like this, uh, which for most of the research that we have on uh, pornography and engaging in stuff like this only ups the ante as far as your uh, personal affliction and your personal tendency to want to uh, inflict an assault on uh, a minor. Clown world. Clown world, guys. Limiting principles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, again, you know, it's, it's, you can smile, crack a smile at a, uh, the idea of a litter box in a bathroom. But when it comes to something like this, it's no laughing matter. And this is where the departure from reality, the departure from basic ideas of decency and morality, uh, just, manifest themselves so acutely and you're right in this appeal to so-called conclusive research which she's obviously talking out of both sides of her mouth there uh even so i mean one they they appealed to research 
And people who follow this like postmodern or neo-Marxist ideology are always appealing to, well, you know, there's there's lots of research on gender ideology that establishes this, this, that, and the other. And they can, they'll, they'll always be able to hold that card, which is why having a deeper sense of morality, a deeper sense of decency and to where we can know certain things uh, that even if there were research justifying this and saying that if a, if a map can play with a child sex doll, then that's going to reduce their likelihood of offending in real life. Like, so what? <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean we need to allow people that are to simulate this evil act and do evil that good may result. That's not something that we should uh, entertain for a moment. It should just be abundantly clear. And uh, we, but again, we live in a time where we just are so lost when it comes to being tethered to things like biology in the case of the gender ideology and things like basic decency and morality uh, in a case like this, that we've made room for this stuff. And I think that is uh, just absolutely lamentable. And the, again, these this is the horrid reality of what happens when you play games with uh, universal principles, with tr objective truth, etc. And you know, if, you know, it, actually, I would say if there was a, a full study that says somehow this sort of behavior actually does lead to less victims, which means the reality is that kids are not going to be sexually assaulted. That would be something to maybe discuss if we're really living in such disgusting society that that is what's going to stop kids from being raped and assaulted. Uh, sure, let's, we'll, we'll talk about what we can do and how we can stop people from doing this. But I don't agree that that is the case. And I don't think we have any studies to actually prove that that is the case. And I would question the people who are uh, going and doing a study like this and within the study referring to these individuals as minor attracted persons. That is a very clear distinction to draw and something that should be discussed as this is a very much growing small movement in the United States of America of people saying that we need to change this sort of terminology that they need to be added to the lgbt flag or whatever and you know who should be super pissed about that lgbt people you guys should be pissed that uh there is a, a growing movement of individuals who who characterize this as some sort of sexual identity that needs to be uh destigmatized and added to the flag if this truly at all meant we would experience really less children being abused in their childhood and being robbed of something, then there is a discussion to be had there. But to throw it out and give your seemingly support for this uh, without having actual conclusive research and acknowledging that your research is actually not conclusive, I think people can smell whatever is happening here and it's not good. At the very least and like less harmful position. It is you being extremely uneducated and ignorant and then still throwing out an answer. At its very worst, it is something nefarious and moving towards a, a movement that is not going to be helpful for society where we're allowing stuff like this. And I can only imagine that if there were products like this available for people to purchase, that you would lead to more people becoming uh, pedophiles or minor attracted persons. It's just not, the math is not 
mathing for me and the research that she's done and whatever baseless study uh, is also not mathing for me. Now, guys, we've spoken a lot about the uh, immigration problem that our nation is experiencing to the tune of millions of people entering this country, undocumented, breaking laws. Recently, we spoke about Lakin Riley, and Lakin Riley was a 22-year-old nursing student at Augusta University in Georgia who had her life taken by an illegal immigrant who entered this country in 2022 from Venezuela. Now, many have been uh, very upset at the mayor of Athens, uh, Georgia, where this uh, murder took place and said that you have given way to this sort of policy. Athens is uh, classified as a sanctuary city, and they've put out many uh, of, a, of a docket slash resolution saying how much they care about, you know, people of un undocumented status and how they're doing so to fight white supremacy and to really make an inclusive space for for people of all different backgrounds here in the United States. And that's all great, beautiful and wonderful until it leads to illegal immigrants entering the country and committing the crime of taking the life of a 22 year old, beautiful young woman. Now, of course, the mayor has been brought to task over these ideas and uh, many of have blamed him for what happened to Lake and Riley. Here is his response. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country, where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker, and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. Hmm. Interesting. Did they make Athens a sanctuary city? Are they the ones responsible for uh, giving you guys that, that status and saying to essentially anybody who's entering this country illegally, welcome in. Here's a good place for, for you to settle down. Are the presidents responsible for that? And he clearly tries to give a, a dig at uh, Donald Trump and his statements towards illegal immigration uh, when at the time we had a president who actually wanted to do something about the situation. And instead of taking a little bit of responsibility for you creating the sanctuary uh, city that is Athens, Georgia, you instead deflect and, and push that onto somebody who, what, made negative comments about illegal immigrants? Is that what led to the death of Lake and Riley? Because that's not making sense to me. He goes on to say there is no connection between illegal immigration and a crime happening in these areas. I'm going to respectfully disagree that if you weren't allowing the abundance of illegal immigration into this country that we are currently allowing, you wouldn't have these crimes because the illegal immigrants wouldn't be in the country to commit them. It doesn't matter if your overall ratio of crime committed goes up and you have somewhat of a wave on your map. These are 100% preventable so long as you do not allow these people into the country.
So how he doesn't understand that very basic, simple measure when it comes to being proactive about crimes in your community and preventing what could be very, very heinous harm towards citizens who live here, who abide by the laws, who pay U.S. taxes, blows my mind. Take a little bit of accountability, especially in the wake of somebody losing their lives to somebody who came here. No, not in 2019, as he likes to, you know, reference comments made, but in 2022, he entered this country and his brother a year later. So we are setting examples for people that if you want to come to the United States, just come into the United States and don't get documented. Don't let anybody know that you're here. Do not follow our legal processes. And if they're already breaking the law to get in here, why not break more? Why not do something like this? And again, I say this every time. It's not to say that everybody who enters this country illegally is here to commit further crimes and commit harm against U.S. citizens. It's just to say that some of them are. So maybe we should keep a lid on this and not allow it to continue. And this is going to be, I think, one of the biggest issues in this next election cycle. One of the most talked about issues, you would hope. And I will be voting for whoever's going to fix it. Uh, and I think we all know who that is going to be, uh, or at least who is going to move the dial in any way towards fixing this problem, because you cannot have more Lake and Riley's. And unfortunately, there are going to be more Lake and Riley's since that story. There was a, another a young girl who was sexually assaulted, I believe raped by uh, an illegal immigrant who entered this country. And again, 100% preventable. I know U.S. citizens commit crimes. I know U.S. citizens uh, sexually assault people. They, they kill people. These ones are preventable. So we should probably get on that instead of uh, deflecting and trying to throw blame on somebody who is in no way responsible for what happened to that very young woman. But here we are. Like, we can't take accountability whatsoever. No. Yeah, this is not a debate about immigration policy. And to try to make it like that is it's it's willful deflection, like you're saying, suppression of the truth. Like it's one thing to say I have a different opinion on immigration policy and that advocate for that. It's another thing to willfully deny, suppress, deflect uh, the reality that is an outgrowth of the policies that you have directly instituted. And like he's saying, I'm not seeing a connection between illegal immigration and crime. Well, how about, I'm sorry, but the dead body of mm -hmm. this girl who was murdered in your town, under your nose, under your policies by, uh, as has been charged by an illegal immigrant. Like how, what more connection do you need than that? Yep. You're, again, this is not... We're past like debating policy at this point. This is like full on emergency, uh, DEFCON 1. We need to make radical changes in what we are doing in order to stop the senseless deaths mm -hmm. of innocent young women in our country. And this is as on, an ongoing problem. And for you to go up there in the midst of this ongoing problem that you are standing in the wake of bloodshed that is a direct result of your policies, that is a direct result of your actions and the actions of those whom you represent uh, on on your political party and side of the aisle, like 
we're, there should be no debating about this. There should be no discussion. It's just, okay, guys, we have to stop this. Like, we have to stop this. We have to do something about it. Yeah. And for them to just stand up there and continue to play these games, it is an insult to the memory of Lake and Riley and all the other victims. And it's continuing to trample on their families, their their the loss of life that has happened. And uh, it's just an utter disregard for basic truth, decency, and the rule of law in this country. Yeah, and it's just going to continue, unfortunately. I think, like, we have people from all over the world who are entering through our southern border. And it's so funny because Donald Trump just recently went viral for saying, you know, like, there, there's so many people there. They speak truly foreign languages. I mean, language is so foreign that nobody virtually in the United States speaks these languages. And he's being called xenophobic for saying that. He's being called xenophobic for saying that we have so many people from so many distant lands coming into this country that we actually have a very very small percentage of Americans who even speak the language from the places that these people are coming from. How is that xenophobic? It's not to denigrate those people. It's not to say that they are less than. It's just to say we're seeing unprecedented amounts of illegal immigration and from places where we typically don't get it. So who's setting the stage for this? Who is incentivizing this sort of behavior? And why is it more rampant now than it has seemingly ever been before? And for that, you get called a xenophobe. For, for saying it. So if y'all don't feel like we need change, <laughs> how many more stories do you need? Change is most definitely necessary. And unfortunately, we favor agenda over all that. But I'm going to stop yapping now. We're going to get into your guys' super chats today. <laughs> Let's hear from you guys. All righty. Uh, first, as usual, today was... Uh, Daniel Santana. <laughs> yes, you knew it. Called it. And of course it yeah. says, happy, happy Friday. Friday. <laughs> happy Friday, Daniel. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. We uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for setting the setting the scene every Friday. As always, yeah. Uh, Kwasakule Mifeka is becoming a regular now. Yes. Thank you again. He says, hi guys, for context, I'm a second year varsity student. I wasn't ever woke, but will be even more based thanks to you. <laughs> Love you guys and have a nice day. Very cool. Awesome. Congratulations to you for being a varsity student. Love it. Uh, Monty Jose says, do you think some women are so hellbent to prove feminist dogma that they allow for trans women to represent them just to win the argument? Yes, although it's like a losing argument altogether. I don't understand how they feel like they're winning an argument in uh, allowing it, but 100% I do think they are more subscribed to agenda than they are to what makes logical sense, because if you were concerned more with what makes sense, allowing biological men into the movement of feminism it just makes it doesn't make any any sense unfortunately uh, doesn't make no just doesn't check yeah. out <laughs> the power of ideology man yep. to, you buy into something like that and you join the movement to promote the interests of women females yep. and end up a lot allowing your movement to be co-opted by males is just just insane and similarly like to be so power obsessed that you will suffer the loss of someone like Lake and Riley and all the other victims mm -hmm. uh in order to I mean you will do that because you'd rather have the power that comes from increasing the number of votes that can get to your side it's just 
insane. And then sure. not to say nothing of the other effects it has on the country. But anyways, um, Emily Klinker says, finally caught alive. I'm in Minnesota and have watched for a couple of years and love both of your base takes. Also love reading. Shout out to Taylor's wife. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. I'm glad that you're enjoying the show and Taylor's wife's bookstagram. <laughs> yeah, it's Ansley, A-N-S-L-E-Y books, all one word on Instagram. So go give her a follow if you're a reader. Shameless plug. And yeah, shout out to Minnesota too. I'm, I'm from there originally, Vikings fan. So love me some Minnesota. Uh, Celtic Blacksmith says, gotta be honest, I thought always thought women were better than men at pool on the pro levels. I used to watch the ladies program pro games as a teen, although they do bend over a lot. So that may have been a factor. Yeah, okay. I have a feeling we were going to get some sort of punchline. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, men would typically wipe the floor with women in a, in a pool game. Yeah, I didn't, I would have also kind of assumed that the gender differences wouldn't have manifest themselves that much but mm -hmm. i think probably at the highest levels you'd see more more like, balance that comes into play and yeah, yeah i like you amal i like before the show i just did a quick couple of google searches and there's there's plenty of studies out there that talk about like the men outperform women in issues of like spatial uh, acuity and stuff like that yep you guys got us you got us beat <laughs> just about <laughs> everything physical <laughs> Um, Daniel Manas says, welcome to the American Freak Show, where a man can be a woman better than a woman can. Also, at this point, Leah should just be called Billy. Nothing to see. Oh, my gosh. Well, they can't be better at, than us is, is the thing. Uh, and that, that, that will never be the case. And even when they're beating us in stuff that is made for women, it's because they are men and because men are better <laughs> than, than us at those things. So what I will say is they can, they can never be better just different. Uh, Stan Karlokwitz says, thank you very much for speaking up. I study music in Ireland and they still somehow managed to push those ideas. We can't afford to be quiet anymore. Yeah, it's everywhere, guys. It's just about everywhere that these discussions are being had and held. And uh, yeah, I mean... Well, we'll continue. We'll continue to calm out and combat it. I'm just curious what's next, man. Every day I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I, I get a new surprise for how far we've, how far we've come. How far we've fallen, I should say. <laughs> Alas, Ireland's got some crazy stuff. Don't they have like some hate speech laws? You can get arrested for posting so memes I heard. or some crazy stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. Uh, Satma dude says, yo, some guy gave me this sugar and told me to consume it up my nose and now my heart is palpitating. What was this sugar and will I be okay? Thanks. Mm, that sounds like you need, you're going to need some help. <laughs> Down the line. I'll tell you to do uh, too much of that. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not here for, for medical advice. No, we are not. <laughs> uh, but don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, there's your life advice. There you go. Uh, Raul Kanzerlin says Alabama Supreme Court decided frozen embryos in IVF clinics are literal children. Personally, I think that's kind of clown world thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on these sorts of things. To me, that does seem uh, pretty extreme. And I have a feeling there would be, I think uh, a lot of people take maybe a more conservative position on that until they're in need for IVF. So I, I, I guess we'll see. I, I'm not, I wouldn't, that would not be something I would take a particularly strong stance on personally. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's like, how far do you go with like the principle of the matter? I mean, those embryos are created with the intent to 
bring someone to life. Um, right. There's also ways to do it where you're not having to destroy embryos. I know it's more expensive and whatnot, but um, it's, yeah, it's one of those tough, tough situations that I think most people don't give serious deep thought to until yeah. you're in that situation. Yeah, which you would hope that most would allow for people who are trying to, you know, have kids to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel, again, says, also off subject, but could you, how often could you answer DMs on Patreon and or Discord or only, or do you only do Super Chat? Um, we can, we can start doing that. If you guys are, are patrons and you want to send um, messages through there, I'm happy to go through my uh, Patreon every now and then and uh, respond to you. So go, feel free. Uh, Diva Dawn says, number one, diaper snipers are disgusting. Number two, I watched a Buck Angel podcast last night, and he said furries, adult babies, both came from the corn world. Uh, these should not be mainstream, and it's getting worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%, they are born out of, uh, like, kink culture, uh, and that's where these things are coming from. Although they might manifest for people outside of, you know, the sexual realm now, they are uh, 100% started uh, there so very strange to see it now where like there are kids doing that sort of stuff and saying that they're furries or whatever even though they may not understand that that's where it came from Disney's turning red was super weird when it came to that whole idea they had uh, one of the child characters who turns into I think a fox is what she turns into in the movie she's like wears a foxtail when she's not actually the fox which is from the whole furry community and she wears a t-shirt that I think says fur baby or something on it which is also from the furry community. So a very weird thing to be subliminally like messaging of in your Disney movie for children. Uh, but I don't know if it's meant to be some sort of joke that like, oh, adults will understand this little like joke that we put in this kid, but super strange and weird. Yeah, I'm like, bring back kink shaming. We need to get some of this stuff out of here. Red panda. Red panda. That's what she turns into. A red panda. Not a That's not a right. fox. Uh, and yeah, and then where's the little panda tail or whatever even when she's not the panda? Like, why would you do that? And why is it the very same thing that... Mm, anyways, let me leave it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's weird. You know, it's that line. Like, we, we post-sexual revolution, we come into a place where, like, any sort of negative judgment when with any kind of sexual expression is mm -hmm. deemed to be discriminatory. It's deemed to be this oppressive thing. And, uh, I, I think that's, it's okay to have a degree of shame around certain expressions of it. And there's, but putting that aside, when it comes, why are we also going the step beyond that and allowing this stuff to get in front of children? Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing if it's just adults doing what adults want to do, um, which you, you is maybe easier to justify. But why are we putting this in Disney movies and stuff like that? It's just yep. weird. And then you know, it's like we keep blurring the lines. And again, there's no limiting principles in sight. Uh, Ange says, you're first super chat. I'm hyped. Money well spent. Will you guys get, ever go on tour and do speaking engagement together? I'd pay for that. Oh, maybe one of these, maybe one of these days down the line, uh, maybe we'll host an event here in LA or something like that and see how that goes. I'd be open to it. Yeah. Just got to get the security going. Yeah. Right. Security. You guys know how I feel about that. I'm need, always scared. Need Celtic blacksmith to forge security. weapons and we'll, we'll yeah. arm. 
yeah. Anomala army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that'd be super cool to do something IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley Hazelwood says, hey, just want to say thanks for helping me with my trans brother. Your advice a while back has helped me act with kindness despite our differences. Keep up oh, the good work you both do. I'm so happy to hear that. That's awesome. I hope you guys are in, in a good place in your relationship. Yeah. I think if I ever had somebody in my family that identified that way, I think just being kind and trying to understand is probably the best thing that you can do while continuing to just like live out your values. You don't need to preach at them and tell them how to think or feel. They'll, they'll absorb it from you one way or another. And even if they don't, it's best that you live in love with that person than, uh, in confusion or hate or, you know, dislike. Um, just put me in the matrix says, Hey there gang, you know, what's a bigger crime than crossing the border is being a three of four should be considered oh a crime gosh. against humanity and financial fraud. I think one my name is, is RP worse. 2024 and I approve this message. Oh my gosh. Of course you do. I have no comment on that. That's, that's, that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'll say. It's, it's too soon, man. Too, too, too soon, real. Too real. With the, yes. the border crossing consequences are too, too real. Yep. Can't laugh at that one. Uh, Red Beard and Sausage says, Jesus for the wind, guys. Uh, this is setting the stage for his return. You know what? You for know, many, it feels like we're nearing the apocalypse. For many of you you religious people watching, I'm sure it does. For me, I'm, I'm chilling. I don't, nec- I don't think so. But for those of you who do, don't blame you. Oh, dear. Um, it's always interesting because it's like, well, if you're expecting that, then technically we are always closer than ever just by virtue of progressing through time. So. Right. That is very true. Uh, Hop just sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Hop. Oh, and thank you, Hop. Lily says, hi, I've been watching for over a year. This is my first live I, as I am a high schooler and usually have sports slash homework. Love your content. Keep up the good work. Oh, awesome. That's super cool. I'm glad that you have other life going on and that you can't catch us live because you have that going on. I think that's great. And Diva Dawn wishes to clarify her prior super chat okay. by saying that Diva Di- that um, diaper snipers equals heads. To keep oh, up, I've never I heard put that. that together shortly after reading it. But yeah. Yeah. I would have gotten that much later. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. That's an interesting. I've never heard that uh, terminology. Now that's a new one for me, too. Yeah. But, it's better than map. Uh, I guess. Uh, and then the, I think this may be our last one says uh, the name you gave me. How do we MAGA and who's really running this country? Do you agree with Candace's view on this? On I, who is really running the country? Also, Candace and Charlie for president. I have no idea. I don't know her view on who is really running the country, nor do I know how to answer exactly how we make things great here in the the U.S. of A. I have some, I have a short list, which we've gone through on this show, and you've you've most certainly heard many of my opinion on how how we do that. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't heard Candace's take on who runs the country, so I don't know whether or not I support or do not. The, the Bohemian Grove guys, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Then yeah, I'll hear you out. I'll hear you out on that one. <laughs> I did see that headline today that BlackRock CEO is catching heat about pushing ESG so hard and might be, I don't know, getting some pushback. Bye, but Larry. Bye, Larry. Yeah. I hope he's gone. I hope he can see his way out if if that is true because yeah. he needs to go. Got you in jail right away. <laughs> no trial, no, no nothing. There you go. 
jail right away. Man, we could have used that on so many stories today. Yes, we could have. I always forget I have these. these oh, uh, man, that's a good one. These buttons. What else could we have used? Why are you gay? That one probably would have been pretty usable today. <laughs> uh, doesn't go far enough. We've got a couple more super chats here. Okay. At the buzzer, Quasicule mm -hmm. again says, there's a guy who exposes sites with dark pedo stuff. I'm convinced it's a big industry because the things they do the kid to kids are broken heart. Um, he's Ryan Montgomery. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. The U.S. is one of, if not the largest destination for human trafficking, uh, and that includes children. So I can imagine there is a lot of really dark, devious stuff occurring all over the place, especially here. Yeah. And we did a show recently the on the, um, the Etsy alleged scandal and mm -hmm. we, before that on Facebook how pedos are using Instagram and yeah I mean I've seen it with my own eyes uh, working with the police here in in Los Angeles there are a ton of minors who are out on the street here in Los Angeles prostituting themselves in broad daylight so it is very much uh, a very real thing and people don't often think about that when they think of like human trafficking or child trafficking they think it's like oh people being you know flown all across the uh, all across the world or being kidnapped and things no I'm talking about like normal uh normal minors and children who are prostituting themselves online on the side of the street stuff like that it's everywhere everywhere i think this is our actual last one of the day celtic blacksmith says alice iris says an amala army would be called an amalitia <laughs> lmao uh just don't ask me to make swords i cannot stress how much i do not want to make swords oh, okay perfect swords are the co <laughs> coolest thing so old school though i don't know how effective <laughs> I recently watched a whole long YouTube video about a guy who was making a, a Viking sword, like mm -hmm. the way the Vikings made it and like how difficult and involved of a yeah. process it was. I bet but, it's not easy. I bet know. it's not easy. Uh, one more from Ket says, hi, it's the first time I've been able to catch you live uh, as I'm at work all the time. Love watching you as everyone who lives in my city takes everything too seriously. I feel like I can't express myself. I wonder what city you're ah, in. Yeah, Paying man. in British pounds, so maybe in the UK. But. Yeah, it sucks. You can't just have like normal conversations. I think a lot of these things, like you just have to like rip the bandaid off and not be afraid to talk about them. And then people hopefully come around. And then those who don't, you just don't bother with them. But at some point, you, you got to be yourself. You don't want to like hide yourself and not be able to have the conversations you want to have. Um, so I encourage you to just rip the bandaid off, guys. Everybody just go for it and see what happens. Just I'm not liable if horrible things happen in the wake of it, though. Yeah, they're <laughs> all going to get fined and put in jail. Yeah, fined, fired, uh, no friends, family <laughs> leaves them or whatever. Uh, you know, do your risk-benefit analysis on that one. You can still be part of the militia, though. That makes up for all of it. Yeah. <laughs> And with that, guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for watching on this fantastic Friday. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend full of love and family and friends and doing cool stuff, hopefully. Drop your weekend plans in the chat down below or in the comments after we end the stream. If you liked this stream, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about <laughs> really blackout shows in a London theater where they only allow black people to uh, watch the play and nobody else can buy tickets. So very much a real thing. Unfortunately, a real thing. You guys check it out. Leave your thoughts on that video in the comments below that video tomorrow. And with that, I'm going to uh, bid you adieu. Bye, guys.